0: It's so good to see you this morning. Yo, Pastor Joel has got us doing up-downs already, getting the cardiovascular like, going this morning, making sure we are awake. I love it. You know, I am Pastor Justin, and if I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, I would love to just say a quick hello um, as you go this morning, just to to connect with you. I'm so glad that you are all here, whether you've been with us for many, many Sundays or this is your first time. We just want to say Welcome. So glad that you are here. We realize that you could be anywhere this morning, anywhere else, but you are here, and that is not by accident that you are here and a part of what is happening this morning. As we welcome you to love, friends, we're welcoming you to this place where our name is our mission to love Chapel Hill with the heart of Jesus. We welcome you to the place where the forgotten are the first thought. We welcome you to the place where those who have no other place in the world find a home here. Love is more than a feeling. Love is more than just an action or a command, and it is. But love is a person that we follow. His name is Jesus. So friends as we are in this series together we are exploring what it means to be followers of Jesus individually and collectively what it looks like for this body of believers known as love you you know, we are a people called love because that's who we follow I want to introduce you to a Greek word some of you may know it already if not, I'm going to introduce it to you. Maybe I'm refreshing you on this. So, friends, the word is ekklesia. Can you say that with me? Ekklesia. It is the word that is often used for church in Greek. But at its basic level, it simply means a gathering or assembly. But if you dig a little deeper into the word, it is actually coming from two root words. Ek, which means out, and kaleo, which means called. So called out, if you will. Right? And then when you put that together and think of it as an assembly or a gathering, there is a collective nature to it. So then we are the called out ones, or you might think of it as we are called out together. That is how we get our DNA. Very, the very calling of who we are to be the called out ones. When we think of called, we think of discipleship. When we think of out, y'all, we are sent out on mission. There is a movement that we are a part of, the mission where we go out. And then ones or together. We think of community. So discipleship, mission, community. I'm wading into territory that is like in in grade levels above mine, which is like at this point fourth grade, I think, is where they teach DNA. Um, But the double helix, y'all, has been the symbol of DNA from the 1950s when it was discovered. So this shape of the double helix, the two strands side by side connected, right? That this is the symbol of all things like biology for us. And so as we think of it as the makeup of any biological material, we can think of it as the makeup of the church, right? Discipleship and mission being our foundations, so much of the makeup of who we are, but doesn't do any good if it's not connected in community. And so those three always held not in tension, but in complete, like comprehensive expression of who we are. Discipleship, mission, and community, the very genetic code of the church. Right, and what we know about DNA at its base level, and y'all, there are people way smarter than me in this room that can give you, give you the details like hours-long lecture. Okay, that's not me, um, but there are folks in the room that could do that for you. But we know that it is the basis of every living thing. Right, if you have DNA, then you can like you can replicate it, like it replicates, and so you find the DNA in every part of that living thing. Same with the church. The DNA of discipleship, mission, and community are found in every expression of the church. That is church universal, like every church down this street, every church around the world that is following Jesus. This same basic DNA of discipleship, mission, and community can be found there. But then digging down deep, when you get into the makeup of our church, Love Chapel Hill, in this place, in every element of what we do, whether we're gathering together in worship in this room or we are gathering together in small groups for discipleship, um, uh, the discipleship path, or we are even individually living out this calling to be followers of Jesus, no matter what level you look at it, discipleship, mission, and community are the DNA, the makeup of who we are. So in this series we're going to explore all of that. Discipleship, mission, community. What it means to express that in this church family as well. So today we're going to dig into discipleship. So welcome to discipleship, where we are today. What is discipleship? I'm glad you asked. So it comes from this this Greek word, again, we are going to pull out the Greek, Um, I don't have this one on the screen for you, but it is the Greek word methetes, which simply means follower, follower or student, one who is a close follower, one who is in a close relationship with the one that they are following. Methetes. So when we think about following, right, to be a disciple is to follow. I think we sometimes better understand this when we are kids, that we can actually participate in it in a way that expresses just the whole the whole idea behind discipleship. As kids, do you remember? Remember that superhero that you so loved and maybe wanted to be? Or remember that, that book character or movie character that you wanted to be? What do we do as kids, right? We actually imitate it, right? We imitate that superhero. Let's, I mean, maybe for you it was Spider-Man, maybe Wonder Woman, maybe Hermione or Harry, Frodo or Gandalf, living that one right now, <laughs> Ghostbusters, Power Rangers, maybe it was Princess Leia or Luke Skywalker, maybe it was MacGyver for you guys, I want to throw that back, the Care Bears, y'all, <laughs> or maybe it's more generally a teacher or a firefighter Someone that you wanted to be like. I can't pass this moment without just having you shout out your favorite superhero like in the moment that you wanted to be as a kid. So ready, on three. One, two, three. Captain Planet. Oh. 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 Going to take a moment for the live stream that did not hear that maybe someone said Coach K. It's okay. We're praying. We're praying right now. This is there is lots of love in this place, no matter what school you're part of, no matter what team you are rooting for. We're in this together. <sighs> that was amazing. The idea of discipleship, as kids, right, we can live it out, actually pretend to be it, whether in, by ourselves or with friends or with family. We can actually, like, practice it in a way that's a lot of fun. Discipleship was not a new idea or unique to Jesus. You know, it was for every young Jewish man, in particular, coming of age, they would pursue a rabbi. That's, get that for just a second. The young person would pursue the rabbi, wanting to be able to be selected as a disciple. The disciple literally followed the rabbi around, going from place to place, listening to what the rabbi was teaching, watching what the rabbi was doing, applying those things in their own life. That person then lived with the rabbi imitating his life, his attitudes, his mannerisms, memorizing what he taught. He actually tried to be like the rabbi in every aspect of his life. And then after a long period of time in doing this, hoping the rabbi might choose them to continue as a disciple selected to actually invite others to follow in that space. So not unique to Jesus. This was common practice. that someone would have been in pursuit of a rabbi to follow. Let's be clear about this discipleship that we are talking about. Friends, in life, we are following something. We are patterning our lives after something or someone. It's really interesting to me that social media uses the language of follow or follower, right? When you have to go click, you're following someone. Or how many followers do you have? I don't think that's accidental. The discipleship that we are talking about here is discipleship to Jesus. To follow Jesus. Discipleship, y'all, get this. Discipleship is the ongoing journey of following Jesus. That's like, if I had to define it, that is my, like, definition of discipleship. Discipleship is an ongoing journey of following Jesus. Becoming alive to Jesus, being transformed day by day into the likeness of Jesus. Jesus, set apart by him and for him. Friends, as disciples of Jesus, it is a place to be known and to know, to be loved and to love. So no matter where you are today, whether you are just curious about following Jesus or just even about this person of Jesus— or you've been following him most of your life, where do we go to explore what discipleship to Jesus is? We can turn over to see the calling of the very first disciples and what it looked like for them. So let's take a look at the calling of the first disciples in Matthew chapter 4, Verses 18 to 22. You can flip there on your phone or in your Bible if you have it with you. It'll be on the screen as well. Holy Spirit, we just pray your blessing in the, of the reading of your word. God, speak to our hearts. Open us to what you want to show us, reveal to us today. In Jesus' name. Verse 18, here we go. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two brothers... James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So the invitation to discipleship, y'all, it's consistent and it is simple. Consistent and simple. What is the call that we hear right here? Shout it out. Come follow me. That, that is the call for each and every one of us. And it is a warm, welcoming, comforting invitation. Whether a person is lost on a journey and they don't know which way to go, come follow me. Maybe you're on a path that you'd rather not be on. The invitation, come follow me. Or maybe a person feeling stuck and standing still. Come follow me. What an invitation. An invitation to a journey, not an invitation to some arrival, not an invitation to a destination but an invitation to a journey. The journey with the one who was, the one who is, and the is to come. An invitation to follow the one, the word that brought creation into existence. There's a clear mark for the folks who are living one way and pursuing life one way, that one simple invitation then turns them around, heading in a different direction. To literally be on a path headed in one direction and to hear, come follow me, to leave nets behind, to leave this path behind, to follow the one who invited to say, come follow me. Y'all, if you've seen The Chosen, if you've seen The Chosen, it's good. It's good for your heart. If you haven't yet, highly recommend it. But in the very intro to this show, right, as the the theme music is playing, there's a stream of fish. There's one blue fish that is going in the direction opposite of all the other fishes. <laughs> and that fish then has one of the fish going in the other direction just peel off and get in behind it. Next time you watch it, pay close attention to the intro, right? Like it's, it continues. More fish continue to follow the one swimming against the stream. That's what discipleship looks like. We get in behind the one who invited us, and we follow. And as we follow, we get to invite other people to come with us on a journey. The invitation to this journey is also ever deepening. And you know this if you've been walking with Jesus for a while. At no point does Jesus say, okay, you're good, stay that way. Stay the same. No. It's ever deepening. And it's not a carrot and stick kind of thing. It is not a moving target. It is a deepening love, a revealing of God's love for us. And so, following Jesus continues to take, her, take us to deeper places in that love. As an illustration of it getting deeper, we're going to turn over to chapter 16 in Matthew, verses 24 and 25. Again, it'll be on the screen for you. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whether, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. That is to say, it ain't going to be so easy. I mean, it's simple, right? Just follow. Watch what Jesus does and do that. Spoiler alert. Jesus gets nailed to a cross and dies. A public and shameful death. Oh, well, okay, that's great that we can follow, right? It's easy. No, it's not. It's simple. We follow what Jesus does, it does require follow through. And what I mean by that is following Jesus all the way through death into resurrected life. We follow all the way, y'all. It's through the dark valley. We don't stay in the dark valley. There are seasons of life that are dark valleys, but we don't stay there. We keep going. We go through death with Jesus into resurrected life. To deny oneself is indeed to die to oneself. That's what it means to follow Jesus. But we find in it, when we do it, it sounds like foolishness, right? But when we do it, when we participate in it, we find that this is not a loss but a win. That in losing our life, we find it. It's what we see in the original calling of the disciples. Y'all, they literally left their livelihood and their nets behind. The life that they had known, they left behind. But they go forward into finding the purpose that God had set out for them from the very beginning, to fully submit to following the ways of Jesus, leaving the past behind. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German theologian and pastor who is a resistor to Nazi Germany. And in being a resistor to Nazi Germany, found himself in a concentration camp, literally giving up his life to follow Jesus. And to speak the truth of Jesus, even in the face of a dictator, an oppression which we cannot even fully understand. He describes discipleship as self-denial and complete bond with Jesus. He maintains, maintains that at no point may disciples' own desire driven will take over that is what is our desire when we pursue what is just for us alone that is what we might describe as selfish is giving into those desires is what separates disciples from their teacher it is a self-denial and complete bond With Jesus. But today we find ourselves in a hyper individualized culture and a hyper programmed version of discipleship. We often come to this thinking of discipleship as just something that we do. Maybe it is a class, maybe it is a small group, and those things are great, but those in and of themselves are not discipleship. We have to redefine and rethink of discipleship as being a follower with our whole life. That as a a disciple, as a learner, and discipleship as a process, a lifelong process of following and learning and finding our purpose given in God's plan. ongoing journey of following Jesus, becoming fully alive to Jesus, our whole life being transformed in day by day by day by day into the likeness of Jesus. Following Jesus is about reclaiming our calling as partners with God to look after and care for all creation. It's set out for us in Genesis 2, this invitation for humanity in the midst of all creation, all that exists, humanity, set apart in the likeness of God, to be partners with God in caring for, loving all of creation. Jesus equips those that he calls to fulfill that original calling, that purpose for our lives. Jesus equips us to live on mission, to bring others into the kingdom, to invite others into this journey, the journey of discipleship. Y'all, more on mission next week when we talk about welcome to mission. My friend J.D. Walt at Seedbed, which I'll tell you more about in just a minute, says, To be discipled in the way of Jesus means to live a life anchored, rooted, and immersed in the wisdom, world, and story of Scripture. To be discipled in the way of Jesus means to live life animated, Intoxicated and infused with the love, gifts, and power of the Holy Spirit. Scripture and the Holy Spirit. The tools for us, but the foundation for us. That overtakes who we are. Maybe you're here today and you've never given your yes to be a follower. Maybe you've never been baptized and made that public declaration of whose you are, who you are following. The invitation to you today is come follow me. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a little while or even most of your life. Maybe things are feeling stale. Maybe you've fallen asleep. You're starting to doze off. It might just be the heat in here at this moment, but the invitation to you is come, follow me today. Maybe you want to say, yeah, but, What comes out is, yeah, but. (laughs) Yeah, but what about this addiction? Yeah, but what about my job that consumes every hour of the time I'm awake? Yeah, but what about my family that just doesn't get it? Yeah, but, yeah, but we can come up with every, yeah, but. They were discipleship disciples or people who wanted to be a disciple of Jesus, people who were even following him around in crowds. And Jesus says, come follow me, but they literally say, yeah, but let me, let me go be with my family until my elders pass away. Jesus says, they'll take care of themselves. They're okay, come follow me. Yeah, but I know, I know, come follow me. The invitation is the same to you as it is to the person working in the sound booth, to the person in the lobby hanging out, listening to the live stream out there. The invitation is the same to our kids up in LCH Kids having a blast right now. The invitation is the same to all of us. Come follow me. I want to share some tools with you for this leg of the journey, y'all. These are tools. This is not the end. This is the means on this path of discipleship. First, y'all, we have a discipleship pastor, and we are incredibly blessed to have a discipleship pastor. Pastor Allison. Let's give it up for Pastor Allison, y'all. Yes. Y'all, Pastor Allison is here for you in your personal walk or for your small group, whether it's a Love Chapel Hill small group or a campus ministry small group, y'all, it's, we're in this together. Pastor Allison is a resource for you. Pastor Allison is also helping out up in LCH Kids today and um, because we have a lot of babies <laughs> up there. If you like holding babies or you like teaching classes, this is a quick shout-out, our LCH Kids. Maybe once a month, we'd love to have your help up there. But first, on this road, this journey of discipleship, one of the tools is something we do called The Story. Friends, The Story is starting up this week, Tuesday night. It will be at Bonshan on Franklin Street here, 7 o'clock, if you're not familiar with Bonshan, between Linda's and the Presbyterian Church. We'll be upstairs, 7 o'clock. This is open for anybody, no matter if you have been following Jesus for 40 years or more. Side, yeah, Ricky. I drive, I drive, I drive, upstairs, 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 7 o'clock on Tuesday. Upstairs. That's right. Upstairs, right here. Yep, you got it. 205, upstairs, 205, right 205 East Franklin Street. I really hope I just got that address right. <laughs> yes. So the story where we are exploring the life of Jesus together, walking through the gospel of John, we're excited to get to do this together. Friends, it'll be from 7 to 8.30. Some of you have been before. You know we like to hang out. There's a little bit of an afterglow. We'll probably be there till 9. So, uh, but you're, you're welcome to come. Even if you can just come for a little bit, we invite you to be a part of that on Tuesday nights. Friends, there are a number of small groups that you can check out on our website that are great, great tools in this discipleship process of walking together. There are also some opportunities to lead a small group. If you are interested in leading a small group, y'all, there is a dinner tonight for anyone interested in leading a small group. It is actually at Pastor Allison's house at 7 o'clock. If you would like to learn more about that, I think there is information right there. Catch me or catch Pastor Allison after today, or Pastor Joel, and we'll get you the details on participating in that. But we would love for you to be a part of that, to consider leading a small group, or consider being a part of a small group on this journey. We also have something called discipleship bands. Y'all, this is what I call the intensive, um, intensive discipleship, three to five people gathering together regularly to share life, to share in scripture, to share in prayer and confession. It is a beautiful thing. We have a number of discipleship bands that are going right now. If that is something that you are interested in being a part of, Information is there on the website as well. We can help get you matched up with a crew of people if you don't already have one. If you have a crew of three to five already and you're like, we would love to use kind of this tool or this framework, we can share that with you as well. Coming up later this semester, Pastor Allison is planning and leading a discipleship retreat. November 10th and 11th. It is an overnight. It's about 25 minutes outside of Chapel Hill, so it's not too far. But it is a time to step into an intentional space of worship, of right, prayer. And okay. It is, yeah, Ricky. The information is right here on the website. We'll tell you more as we get closer, okay? Uh, so we'll get started about five six o'clock that evening, but the, yes, in Eastern Standard Time, you got it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> always good to be prepared with the flashlight. I love it, y'all. Two other resources I want to share with you that are are formative in my life and tools. That have been helpful on my discipleship journey. One is Seedbed. I mentioned it earlier. You know, this is coming out of the seminary that I um, went to, Asbury Seminary in Kentucky. Seedbed has a number of resources for both personal growth and growth in community. Yes, there's an option for both. You could stay overnight or or not. Either one. one day, overnight, where you, where you're sleeping bag. That's overnight you. That's That's yes. Making There you go. Making the packing list right now. Sleeping bag and pillow for that overnight retreat, y'all. Hey, Ricky. Day, one day or two days? Uh, it's 2 days, 1 night. There it is. Okay. Thank you, Ricky. So good. Y'all, Seedbed is also um, putting out daily what is called the wake-up call. Some of y'all in here are on the wake-up call, and it is um, available in a written format, in an audio format. It is literally a walk through scripture right now, walking through the book of Acts at seedbed.com. And then way.org. Y'all, that's, I mean, the name says it all. The way is what Christianity was known as before we were known as Christians, the way. And so what does it look like to practice the way? That is together in community. So there are a number of resources. You can sign up for their email list at practicingtheway.org. Again, these are tools for growing on the journey. They are not the end. They are the means on this journey. One of the other means that we participate in each and every week as disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus, is participation in Holy Communion in coming to this table. So friends, whether you are ready to say yes today for the first time to say, I want to follow Jesus, or you've been following for a long time, we come back to the table time and time again as a means of grace on this journey. Being shaped by Jesus, remembering that his body was broken for us. That he went all the way to the cross, all the way to death on our behalf. For the sins of the whole world. His blood was spilled, poured out for you for forgiveness. That we take of the bread and of the cup as disciples, as followers, reminding us of how we follow all the way to death, through death, and into resurrected life. that We are active participants in his love for us and for the world. Friends, let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for meeting with us today, speaking those same words of invitation, come, follow me. And in that invitation, it is not just a one-time decision. I we acknowledge that it is day by day that you continue to invite us to deeper places. So for each of us, No matter where we are, we pray you're meeting with us here, working in our hearts here and now. That we can go from this place as followers, growing an ever-deepening relationship with you. Grasping just a little bit more how much you love us. We know that it is unceasing. It is deeper and wider than we can ever imagine. But you want to reveal more of that to us today. I pour out your blessing on these gifts of bread and the cup that as we partake today, we may taste and see your goodness, your love for us. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You're invited to come and follow. Come to the table today. When you are ready, you can come down this side aisle. We have the bread and the cup here served to you. If you need a gluten-free option, that is here available as well. Come taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen.